3: And Welcome to the Full Court Press. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Middle of the week for you. End of the month as well as we uh, get closer and closer to the uh, October month. And uh big, big month in uh, college football for uh, for the act. What, what does that look like? As
4: we get closer to the October month? Yeah. Okay, I just a Why don't
3: we say October n- week? No. Why do we say October day? Is I have never heard anybody to
4: refer to, we're getting closer to the October month. Yeah. Like, well, at the end of October, do you say, we're getting closer to the November month?
3: Do you want me to? No,
4: I just... Is. No, no, I, don't I know, mean, just, if
3: that's what you want, just, I mean, I'd, you are the vice president of Radio Opera... Which you I, love to remind everybody I do, about. I do. I think it's important for everybody to remember that uh, we don't refer to you as Eric, it is President Francis. <laughs> no. And uh, no. we are uh, we are definitely okay with that. Hi, everybody. That's Eric. I'm Ajay. Welcome to the Full Court Press, When whatever awkward way we continue to intro the show to you uh live on 106.9 fm 1390 am 1069 the fan.com and the 106 on the fan mobile app which is free in the app store wherever you can find the app store on your phone our text line is also open as well part of the Gil mortgage text line thanks so much to Gil mortgage for being a part of the show uh you know the drill you can text into our show at 435-339-0321 Again, 435-339-0321 to text until the Gale Mortgage Text line. Love to hear from you. Uh, we are into opponent research Wednesday. And, of course, it is on the beloved BYU Cougars. Uh, the 13th-ranked Cougars now coming to uh, Merlin Olsen Field and uh, get ready to take on the Aggies on Friday night, 7 o'clock, pregame, 530, I guess.
4: Yeah, pregame uh, for us will begin at 530. Both on KVNU and here on the Fan, um, as uh, Al Lewis with all of his research and uh, quotes and uh, audio from players and coaches and well, that's credit. So, to So, uh, okay, he, he you helped record the audio. He yes. breaks it down. Yes, uh, but it's so dense. Like he packs so much stuff oh, yeah. into yeah. that short amount of time. You can't miss it. Uh, it's not just you know. Bloviating like we like to do here on this uh, program, where we're just kind of, you know, blowing hot air and filling time. Blow- Al Lewis is very, pl- what the very hell do planned, you planned. We do on this show. Very Eric? planned out. He's got it all organized. He's got a lot. He's trying to cram in in a short amount of time. And now you're
3: telling me that I don't do anything productive on the show? I didn't say that. I all just- right. No, 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 that's okay. <laughs> AJ Knight, if you're listening, why don't you come on into the, <laughs> the studio, take my spot, and guys don't have to have a bloviating uh, show. Just wait a few
4: months. He'll be in here anyway. Oh jeez. <laughs> Because you'll be gone. I mean, you've, you're have you signing up for other commitments that will take you away. Oh,
3: man. Wow. We're just throwing rocks <laughs> and stones over here. Jeez. Hey. Right. So,
4: uh, well, there's still a lot to get to with this NBA business. Um, we we really didn't get a lot of time to get into it yesterday. Um, I kind of – maybe this is part of our What Went Wrong Wednesday, uh, just some of the comments that they made and some of their reactions to it. And then I, like – I saw some a tweet from Shams Sharanya earlier today. Um, I just kind of just innocently threw a little something on there, just uh, an opinion. I didn't wasn't trying to stir anything up. And uh, Dan Clayton got involved with that and then it really took off, and it's still going on uh, at this hour. But the basically there's an NBA spokesman who said that any player, who elects not to comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for games that he misses. So there are some communities, some local uh, government health department mandates that uh, if you're not vaccinated, you can't participate or be in these certain types of environments. And that could include and will include the players on the court, and so some of these players that, uh, if they are unvaccinated, uh, will not be able to participate in these games. And the NBA says, if you don't, if you're not there, you're not going to get paid. And so this, Aj, this is getting messy fast. Uh, the NBA Players Association—I don't think that they've really weighed in on this quite uh, with much detail yet, but. Um, there are some notable players that are um, kind of trying to stand their ground here about why they're not vaccinated, that they have their own reasons for not being vaccinated, uh, and uh, the NBA is saying, "Okay, that's fine, but we, you just won't get pa- you won't get paid if you don't play in a game that you normally should have been."
3: Yeah, I, and I have the same response as the NBA, like. That's fine. If you, if you don't want to get vaccinated, look, that's your personal choice. For whatever reason you want to make that, okay, just no, and please understand that you will not get paid. You will not be allowed in the arena for those games. You will not be allowed to sit on the bench. None of that. You're out of the building. Don't want you there. So, I mean, with that decision comes a consequence. And, and credit to Adam Silver and the committee and the rest of the organization of the NBA to stand by what they are saying. To not be like, well, actually, you know what? I see what you're saying. It's a religious reason, so let's maybe let off the you know gas pedal just a little bit and give you an opportunity. That that's not how this goes. And and I love that the NBA is sticking up for themselves. So guys like Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, I think I saw uh, Beasley, it was, a, it was a Bradley Bill, sorry, uh, also in that camp, and there was somebody else from the. Minnesota Timberwolves, is that right? Who was it, the player?
4: Uh, well, there's uh, um, a – is it Jonathan Isaac? Yes. He's that, at they, they, uh, Orlando. Yeah. Uh, some of these – like Isaac, for example, he's his position is, look, I, I've, I've had COVID, and so I have the antibodies, which gives me natural immunity. And there's this great debate going on right now about really how effective is natural immunity. And that was kind of the, my point th- that I made earlier today is that, uh look I'm I'm vaccinated my family's vaccinated I think that there's absolute science that says that the, getting the vaccine is the the best scenario for preventing serious illness and preventing spread of the disease but I also recognize that natural antibodies uh are you know th- that's Proves to be very effective as well for a lot of people, and I was just making that point. Dan Clayton, who not only is a great writer and uh, researcher that follows Utah Jazz, he works for a health organization. I don't know exactly uh, what it is that he his involvement is, but um, he's very much involved in this in this health discussion and how it affects the healthcare system. And he he jumped in and he's been going on all day, um, but. The my point that I was making is that I, I feel somewhat sympathy with particularly Isaac in that he's he's got the natural immunity. Is he going to be punished and held out of games, um, even though he may not be as much of a threat to those around him? And so I just I feel like it's kind of heavy handed that the NBA um, or I guess it's really not it's an NBA mandate. It's not an NBA thing. It's a team organization thing but uh now the NBA makes this statement though today that if you don't participate in the game you don't get paid. So it just it just seems a little heavy-handed to me. Like there should be other options available. Like if you don't want to get vaccinated, okay, that's fine. But you have to be in certain protocols unlike those who are vaccinated. You have to be subjected to regular testing. You should uh you know be Limiting your exposure in different places. If if you don't want to be vaccinated, I think that's fine. I think there's sure, certain other things that you have to do to protect yourself and your teammates and those that you're around. But I get a little bit... I'm getting a little bit more and more frustrated with a heavy-handed approach saying it's all or nothing. And that there's a steep financial penalty if you don't.
3: Yeah. Um, but I, you got to take... I mean, I just I think they're watching out for the players, for the staff members, and those involved in the game. And, like, when I got the vaccine, can I just tell you, I didn't really think about it. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't take any special care in the thought. I just did it because it just seemed, like, honestly, there was no discussion. It was like, oh, well, everybody's getting the vaccine, and it, I guess I should, too. There was no rhyme or reason for me to be getting it. Like, I just did it because everyone else was doing it. That sounds horrible to say. But that's the honest-to-heaven truth, Eric. As I was like, well, if it's if they're saying it's going to save my life, then I'd like to be alive. So, yeah, I'll go take a shot in the arm.
4: Well, and look, it's been FDA approved. Is
3: it bad that I didn't do any research, though? And maybe
4: the players have? Well, here's the thing. that There's a lot of misinformation and conspiracy theories that are being spread through some of these locker rooms that just are not based in fact. They're not grounded in science. And um, that's... I don't. I don't know which players are deciding not to get vaccinated because of some of this, but it was starting to come out in these media meetings this week, um, and it's uh, it's become, and I think it will continue to be a distraction for some teams and some players, and who knows how long it's going to go? I mean, how long is Kyrie Irving going to be satisfied you know, sitting on the bench? Or or sitting at home, really, while his team plays games. And the only reason he's not there is because he has chosen not to get vaccinated. But, look, last year he missed games, and we don't know why he missed games. So maybe he's a bad example because he's just a loose cannon anyway. But Andrew Wiggins, look, there's a health order in San Francisco. And if he's not vaccinated, he can't be even in the arena.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. That's so nuts. He he can't even be in the arena, and you're right. I think how long does the patience wear thin for, uh, for people who are or for these players who can't play and not so like well and their teammates. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and you don't even get paid for it. So now you're sitting on the bench, or you're I mean, you're sitting at home, watching your team play, and you don't get a penny for it.
4: Like Kyrie Irving, uh,
3: he would miss out on like four hundred thousand dollars a wow. game. Wow. Uh, 6294 I agree with Eric why not mandate the flu shot it can hurt or kill people too you may not have side effects but you could spread it to someone who will just a thought
4: Um, if you if you agree with me then it's not about mandates Um, maybe I didn't make it as clear I just it, there's the science is on the side that look the, your chances of getting seriously ill w- having been vaccinated um, are really, really 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 low your chances of getting sick or having serious consequences because just having the vaccine also really 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 really, really low but if for whatever your reason is, you decide still not to get the vaccine, I think that's your choice. But I think you should be mindful of what that choice can mean to other people around you because you can still be a spreader. Chances of spreading that vaccine to others can be significant. So still follow certain protocols, limiting your exposure to other people, testing regularly. And that's fine. If you don't want to get the vaccine, I- I'm not going to say it should be mandated. But I think that there should be things that are done in other ways to keep others safe until this whole thing gets settled down.
3: If it ever does get settled yeah, down. Well,
4: that's a good point.
3: I think it's just going to be a continuous conversation over and over and over again. Uh, Utah Jazz had their media day as well. Oh, boy. 6294. Right. No heavy handedness. That's what I agree with. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. You guys on the same page? You're all happy? Yes. You're good? Uh,
4: 9936, do you guys think Joe Rogan is a conspiracy theorist? Maybe you should have experts on both sides of the issue on your show. Uh, I don't. Who's Joe Rogan? I, yeah, I don't listen to Joe Rogan, so Who can't tell you if he is a conspiracy theorist or not. And I want to make it clear I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm not a virologist, but uh, I, I do know that uh, I've seen reports on the science uh, multiple times in multiple places and from people whom i trust so uh, who definitely know their stuff so that's sharing my opinion
3: i'm i'm staying out of this conversation i'm just simply telling you that i've been vaccinated, and i didn't even have a reason why i just did it <laughs> just, I just did it ah i guess i want to live I. They say I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live. Let's let's roll. Yeah, but you brought up
4: the Utah Jazz. I mean, they're an organization. All their players, um, as an organization, they're all have all been vaccinated. And Rudy Gobert, I saw some comments today. Like he thought long and hard about it. And this whole thing, a lot of the controversy started with him. Um, and so it kind of comes full circle. But uh, look, they're they're moving forward. They will not have any problems wherever they go, whomever they play. They will get their full paychecks. Hmm.
3: Uh, again, Jazz had their media day on Monday. It was supposed it was supposedly virtual. And, by the way, that was a lie. It was not virtual. <laughs> there were people there. Uh, there were people there. <laughs> so, that's what they think of 106.9 The Fan. Utah Jazz do. It's awesome. Uh, they left for Las Vegas that afternoon. They arrived in uh, Las Vegas on later on Monday. Uh, the reason being is that the coach, supposedly Coach Snyder, wanted to kind of dissect and assess the way the season ended last year. You all remember? Clippers were uh, down two games to none, won four games straight, ended that series, the last two without Kawhi Leonard, uh, and moved on to the second round. Jazz were immediately prepped or I guess third round, I, guess I should say. Jazz were uh, knocked out in the second round again. Um and so he wanted to take that and kind of unite the team, build some chemistry, uh, and and recreate the bubble, if you will, from Orlando in regards of, uh, what is that word, camaraderie? Is that how you say it? Camaraderie. Yeah. He, he wanted to rebuild that. And he felt like Orlando, the bubble, did that for these guys. And so he kind of wanted to rebuild that in Las Vegas this time. And, I, I mean, I like the idea. I think he's trying something different. Jazz have not been to Las Vegas since 2008. Uh, and so this would be kind of going back to then, but uh, again, I, I like it, trying something new and see if we can, you know, figure this out and do it as a team. But the theme I got, Eric, from all of Utah Jazz Media Day was well, this window of opportunity is closing and closing extremely quickly on us, quicker than we thought it would. We well, got, why
4: is it closing so fast, In your mind?
3: Well, I mean, players are getting older. This team isn't going to last. Donovan's long. not old. Rudy Gobert is not old. Mike Conley's old.
4: Okay, yes, he is old. And but you expressed a lot of value in him, Eric. And he does have value. Okay,
3: well, his window, then his window's not, it's not open long. He's maybe got one or so two good years left.
4: So he's the linchpin. Lynch, he is the number one guy. No, I mean, If the look, Jazz don't do it with Mike well, Conley. Yeah,
3: actually, yeah.
4: Then they're not going to do it.
3: Yeah, a- yeah
4: actually, I'm going to go with that. So yeah. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, both still young in their prime. There's no one else who could join that pair, and still make them a, a title contender,
3: uh, d- unless you want to shoot out of the rocket into a moon full of fantasies and say Damian Lillard and. Steph I'm just Curry. Cur- I'm
4: just I'm kind of surprised to hear you put so much emphasis on Mike Conley. Well, that's guy who because you put so much value on Mike
3: Conley that for, you've said for the worthless. whole entire playoffs, Eric. You said Mike Conley's going to be no. There's no Mike Conley. If Mike Conley was in the game, the Jazz would win. It. If Mike Conley was healthy, the Jazz would win it. If Mike Conley was you know, if right because I get have faith in Mike Conley, Conley. then we're going to be the NBA champions. I, yes, so i I'm do have faith your in Mike value Conley. of Mike Conley, and I'm saying that the guy is older, his stock is, the window is closing, and and it's in one. He's maybe got one good, two good years left, and it's over. And then it, we're we're not going to see that Mike Conley again.
4: No, I, I do agree with that, and I do also agree that the window is 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 closing. Also on Joe Ingles. Uh, extended effectiveness with the Utah Jazz. And those are two critical guys in how the whole makeup of this team works. And
3: and then they build. I mean, Rudy Gay is not the same Rudy Gay we saw 10 years ago. Uh, Bogey is, he says he's as healthy as he's been in a long, long time. Uh, Bogey said in media day that he feels like he has not been this healthy in years. And he wishes he would have been this healthy last year. Because he feels like he would have made a huge difference. And I would agree with that. So him having him 100% healthy, according to Bogey, should be huge for them. But you add on Rudy Gay, uh, Hassan Whiteside, which I don't know what Hassan Whiteside we're going to get. The version that was with, what was it, Portland? It was an absolute disaster. Or the the uh, vintage old first two years Hassan Whiteside, which were massively monstrous. And that's how he got his first extension, which was a Max.
4: Actually, he was really he had some really good years in Portland. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know, really good. Uh, he was up there as one of the best defensive centers in the NBA, but he he got replaced when other guys got healthy and came along. Um, but he, he's proven that in, in stretches he can be very effective, and then he did go back down to Sacramento and didn't do a heck of a whole lot there. So you're right. There is a question about what what type of player the Jazz are getting out of Hassan Whiteside. Uh, but – They do have, I think they've addressed depth, versatility, and experience that they didn't have coming off the bench previous. So I think those were huge things for this Jazz team a year ago that they didn't have that now they have.
3: Yeah, I would agree. And maybe a deeper bench i mean, actually a more effective bench. Let me, I'll, let me, yeah, yeah. I'll rephrase that. A more effective bench than they had last year. No, Derek favors that. that really is a bummer to me, but I get it too. Uh, Jordan Clarkson comes back. He's your, uh, you know, sixth man of the year from last year. I think that guy has a lot to bring forth for this team. I think he's going to be used in different ways. Like again, for the third year in a row, Quinn has talent. Coach Snyder has talent on this team, and if he can utilize it in the right way without trying to bring too much into the mix, this team could be really, really good. The problem is is that they find a way to overthink it come playoff time and they're a second-round exit team. And I think that's what you're going to see this year. Good basketball team in the regular season. No, great basketball team in the regular season falls apart in the playoffs.
4: Well, and I think part of the problem that uh, has exposed them and made it problematic for the Jazz in the playoffs is if you get an injury – to a key guy, what's your depth like? And the Jazz showed last year that they they didn't have enough depth, not enough experience that Coach Quinn Snyder could trust. But yeah, they had guys on the bench who would play every now and then, but Quinn Snyder didn't trust him. He didn't trust him to put him into key positions. And that is another little pro- uh, kind of a knock on Quinn, too, is developing guys, giving them opportunities to, to do some things to uh, make meaningful impact in the game. Um, so Especially in games that maybe not mean a heck of a whole lot or periods of a game that doesn't mean a heck of a whole lot so that when you do need them, they've got that experience and you can build that trust.
3: Yeah, trust is the key word. Uh, again, the Utah Jazz get their preseason underway. Is it October 4th, I believe, Eric? Am I right when I say that? Well, I mean, I have to look it up just to make sure I'm not going crazy, but I think it, it is. Uh, October 4th, they play San Antonio. Then they're in Dallas on the 6th. Home against the Pelicans on the 11th. And home against the Bucks on the 13th uh, is uh, what we got our four preseason games, at least the first four like. And then they begin the season seven days later as they take on uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder in game number one of 82. Uh, that'll be at home on the 20th at 7 p.m. We'll be airing all Jazz games as long as they don't conflict with any local Uh, high school sports, or Utah State Aggie stuff. We'll be airing all Jazz games here on 106.9 The Fan. They're in Sacramento two days later. Nuggets at home, Rockets on the road. That's your first four in the regular season. Uh, Crazy enough, it's crazy that we have baseball or basketball already coming back here in a week. That just... I know. Hey, are we airing... That's gone by fast. I know I asked you this once. Are we airing the preseason games on our station? No, right? Uh, I don't
4: think that we do.
3: Okay. I couldn't remember the answer on that, and so I wanted to re-ask again. Uh... But, yeah, like, Eric, I, I, I've got to ask you, Jazz team, this year, crystal ball prediction, you would say what?
4: For the Utah Jazz? Yeah,
3: without seeing any preseason games, just let's go.
4: Um, I think in the West it comes down to the Jazz and the Lakers.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay.
4: And I think the Jazz have more youth. I think the Lakers have a lot of experience, but I think at the end of the year, they're going to have injury problems. There's a lot of old guys on that team. Okay. So I'm going to go with the Jazz. <laughs> Good for you, Eric.
3: I mean, do you expect I just, anything different from I just, me? I just wanted to hear your uh, your prediction, that's all. That's... Uh... A great prediction Eric. and
4: out of the east I'm gonna say Milwaukee and gosh I, it's hard I don't know the number two team I I mean the inclination the betting lines would say Brooklyn but I don't know with Kyrie Irving and the drama Patty Mills dude it's weird there I, that's a good point actually
3: Patty Mills is a good point guard. and they'll
4: have a full and James Harden will be there for a full season yeah so I'll say Milwaukee and Brooklyn Out of the East.
3: How do you think Philadelphia pans out? How does does that Ben Simmons situation pan out to you?
4: That's another big drama that's hanging around their necks. uh, That they need to get resolved fast.
3: That is such a mess right now. (laughs) And whoever gets traded for Ben Simmons is going to be livid, too. Especially if it's a guard. Yeah. Well, I imagine they
4: they'd want to go get a, a a guard. Well, yeah, they would. Just Absolutely. for the uh yeah, his roster position and when what they have on the bench and everything else, but who knows, it might be multiple players involved just to make salaries work.
3: Oh, That's true. Well, Such a mess. I, I bet you a third teams involved too. Uh you, could be. Yeah. I would I would imagine that a third team's going to get kind of get their hands in there see what they can get out of it. Did I and I saw some stupid person put out that we should trade Rudy Gobert for Ben Simmons straight up.
4: That is a stupid person. That's
3: the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Honestly, it is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh Clay Thompson's back, by the way, for the uh, Golden State Warriors. I hope he can stay healthy. Uh me
4: too. You know, I'm I, I feel bad for that guy. I'm back one of those the guys years. that uh, look I love to see great players play. And if they're they have these terrible injuries. I, I'm i pulling for him to come back. Uh, what Kevin Durant did last year is nothing short of a miracle. After coming back from the injuries that he had, phenomenal year for him. So I'm hoping Klay Thompson is able to come back and be effective. And if he is, that's a very different a um, Golden State Warriors team than what we saw last year that was fighting to get to the playoffs and got bounced in the uh, elimination round.
3: ESPN did their uh, training camp power rankings. You know how these usually go. Uh, But they have Brooklyn at 1, Milwaukee at 2, Lakers at 3, Phoenix at 4, the Jazz are at 5, Heat, Nuggets, Sixers are 6, 7, 8, Hawks 9. The Atlanta Hawks are 9, and the Golden State Warriors are 10. Man, a lot of faith in the Atlanta Hawks, huh? That surprises me. Uh, in regards of the Utah Jazz, it says here, quote, Most of the Jazz rotation remains intact with all the starting lineup and the top two finishers and six men of the year voting returning to Salt Lake City. But Utah's hopes that it upgraded its bench, signing Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside and trading for Eric Pascal. It will be interesting to see how much Quinn Snyder tinkers with Gay as a center in small ball lineups, which wasn't an option like with last season's personnel. That, of course, is courtesy of Tim McMahon. That's, and by the way, I forgot about Eric Pascal. He's going to be a huge help for this team, I think. I, w- I love what they, they could honestly be capable of doing.
4: Yeah, I just think that this the, the Jazz organization addressed some key problems for the Jazz that give them more versatility with different players at different positions, more depth, um... Uh, I, I it's going to be fun just watching how Quinn puts together different lineups on the court. And there's and look this Jazz organization, yeah, it, really high on Jared Butler that this rookie, they feel like he could do some some exciting things. Really too bad we didn't see him in in the summer league at all. Uh that's, you know, that's rough for the fans not to know really what he's capable of. But as an organization, the word is that, uh, that he's going to be a special player. They have a lot of high hopes for this guy.
3: Yeah, as, as they should. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, it's time to talk some baseball. What a wild finish we're going to have going down, especially for the AL wild card. Both spots. Absolute chaos. And the Orioles are more than happy to be a part of it. <laughs> we'll tell you how they're being a part of it. We'll also have Jay Hatch, part of the Zone Sports Network and Locked On Cougars. He'll join us at 515. to introduce us to this 13th-ranked BYU team and what he sees in the team and uh, gives his thoughts on Friday night's matchup. Uh, we have our What Went Wrong Wednesday, which includes, for me, a reporter asking a really stupid question to a guy who hates stupid questions uh, and our actor-athlete coach. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press 106.9 The Fan In this competitive job market, TTM Technologies is proud to be leading the way by
1: increasing their starting wages to 17 to 20.70 per hour, depending on position and shift, plus a $2,000 retention bonus after 180 days of employment. That's right, a $2,000 bonus. TTM Technologies is searching for career-minded candidates to fill multiple positions for day, swing, overnight, and weekend shifts. Open positions include production associates, machine operators, maintenance technicians, technical positions, wastewater treatment technicians, manufacturing planners, and accounting. Go to careers.ttmtech.com to learn more about our open positions. Employees of TTM Technologies enjoy incredible health benefits and cash incentives. In just your first year of employment, you're eligible for three weeks paid time off. After six months of employment, you're eligible for tuition reimbursement for full and part-time employees. You're also eligible immediately for health insurance, 401k, paid life, and short-term disability, plus quarterly and annual bonuses, and much more. Go to careers.ttmtech.com to apply, an equal opportunity the employer.
5: Al Sporting Goods 100 year anniversary celebration going on now. Huge savings store wide. Better than the Mart, than the Internet. Vortex Diamondback 10x42 Binox 149. Six hour Rifle Scope 99 bucks. Winchester Super X 22 caliber rounds 29 for 300. Dekine pickup pads 59. Camp Chef 12 inch Dutch ovens 24 bucks. Camelback Hog Hydration Packs 39 dollars. Don't miss Al's 100 year anniversary celebration. Al Sporting Goods. Every
6: sport, every season. Getting engaged? For more than a century, S.C. Needham Jewelers has been selling diamond engagement rings. Known for our quality and impeccable service, you'll enjoy a relaxed and comfortable atmosphere. Choose from an expansive collection of natural and lab-grown diamonds. You'll find a beautiful diamond at an affordable price. Then we can mount it in her favorite ring. You'll get S.C. Needham quality at internet pricing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block at the sign of the clock. My name is John Brenchley. Last year, my father, Lynn, passed away. Our family misses him tremendously. From the first phone call we made to White Pine Funeral Services until he was laid to rest, White Pine helped us every step of the way. The staff was there to guide us through the entire process. They were kind, gracious, and their facilities are amazing. White Pine helped to make the difficult situation of losing my dad into a positive experience where we could remember him and celebrate his life.
0: White Pine Funeral Services. Colonel. Good morning, sir. I see you found a way to keep our cannon out of the mud. Pavers, sir. As a mason, I used to lay them for courtyards and patios. Brilliant. Thank you. They hold up beautifully no matter how punishing the conditions. I can see that.
6: Say, uh, after the war. Think you'd be available to pave my patio at Mount Vernon?
1: Stone pavers from Castellite really catch your eye. Do it yourself with the expert help at Castellite.
0: For all your brick, block, rock, paver, and tile needs. Go where the pros go. Castellite.com it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Selvison.
4: Concerns me is that this coaching staff has never coached against Air Force. That makes me really nervous about being able to compete against a very different style. Boise State, they corrected a lot of problems in game two. BYU's off to a great start. Utah State has definitely proven that they can hang with anybody right now. But you can't have a slow start <laughs> like they did against Air Force, Air Force Boise State, yeah. or BYU.
0: Weekdays from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 F. FM, thirteen ninety AM, The Fan. The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from four to six on Sports Talk Radio, one oh six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM, The Fan.
3: Full court press. Eric Francis, I'm AJ here on 106.9 The Fan. Thanks for joining us. However, wherever you're doing so, uh, text line's open for you guys to be a part of. 435-339-0321. You can guys some text into the show. Um, got a couple text here. Actually, this is uh, this is our boy AJ Knight texting in. It says the Hawks over the Warriors is a joke. FIBS teams always overachieve. Knicks and the 76ers were dysfunctional. Not to mention, Doc Rivers is one of the greatest choke artists ever as a coach. Dude, if there's two people that AJ and I absolutely hates in the entire <laughs> world, it's Doc Rivers and Tibbs.
4: Uh, he's I mean, he's not totally wrong on Doc Rivers, though. I mean, dude, he's a good coach. He I'm is not sure a what you guys good regular
3: season any. coach. Okay, so is Quinn Snyder. Quinn I'm not a great, talking about
4: Quinn Snyder. I just want to make am talking sure about Doc that, Rivers, right? Yeah,
3: okay. But Doc Rivers is a better coach than Quinn Snyder. Far and away, a better coach than Quinn Snyder.
4: Because he got a ring early in his career? Because he's been to multiple... With a super team?
3: He's been to multiple NBA finals. And by the way, that one of those rings was versus a prime Kobe Bryant with a prime Pau Gasol. That was a darn good basketball team. In fact, that basketball team turned around and beat the Boston Celtics in seven. Then, with a aging Kevin Garnett, an aging Ray Allen, and a just mentally gone Rajon Rondo, and a egotistical Paul Pierce at the time in 2011-12, they then w- took the heat to the wire. The Miami Heat, with LeBron James in his peak, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh in his peak, and a very talented bench. Like, I'll take... But, but, Doc Rivers is a better coach than Quinn Snyder, far and away.
4: I'm not talking... I'm not talking about Quinn Snyder. I'm I talking know. about Doc Rivers, who has a history of having great teams. So
3: does Quinn Snyder. When he was, I just Quinn wanna... Snyder's never had a super team. Yes, he has. <laughs> Quinn, <laughs> really? Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson. I mean, they're all in the same. You would team, call right?
4: that a super team?
3: Uh, yeah. So when he, the L.A. Clippers. What? What? With Chris Paul? Yeah. Find me a super team. Like first,
4: uh, first team All NBA guys on one team.
3: Uh, Paul Pierce wasn't ever a first-team All-NBA guy, I don't think, though. Kevin Garnett, I think. Whoa, no, actually, Kevin Garnett may have been, but that was before the Celtics. With I think that might have been with Minnesota.
4: So you don't think that that was a, an incredible team and with some great regular season runs with the Clippers, with Chris Paul and DeAndre oh, Jordan. you got to be kidding me. Are you serious? Blake Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> Those were great teams, and he never took them far.
3: You just said you said Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and 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 who else? On DeAndre that Jordan. Oh my gosh! Don't put DeAndre Jordan in this mix. He wasn't that good. That was good. the team. That wasn't a super team, Eric. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. It was a great team. You just defined to me a super team of, of 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 what again? What was a super team to you again? Look, that was a great no, team. Hold on, okay. That was a great team. That wasn't a super team, Eric. The, the expectations on that team were to go to the it NBA Finals. The, and he never got it them there. It was the Clippers. It was the Clippers. Guess what, Eric? In 2011, Darren Williams of the Brooklyn Nets, along with a very old, I mean way past his stage, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, uh, and like Robin Lopez were supposed to – oh, by the way, they had uh, – was it uh joe johnson on the team that team was supposed to go to the nba finals eric yeah oh wait steve nash dwight howard kobe bryant who's gonna stop them let's let's calm it down a little bit doc rivers is not a choke artist doc rivers has ran into some really good basketball teams jerry sloan's a choke artist. year after
4: year after year after year jerry sloan's a choke
3: artist absolutely a choke artist why do you keep changing the subject? No, 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 we're no, We're not no, talking about on. other coaches. No, no, uh, we, I we're end talking up. about I am. Doc Rivers. No, no, because this you're saying... This is one of the stupidest no, things to do no, in a debate. Y- you, you, no, this you're is, talking about this one subject, right, and you can't have no, an hold argument. On. So I'm you deflect right and change the subject you're to like, focus on somebody else. I just want to make sure that we're making the right comparison, Eric. We're if not comparing anything. Yes, we are now. I'm talking about Doc Rivers. I know. I'm not comparing him to anyone. I'm just making sure that if you're going to say Doc Rivers is a choke artist, Jerry Sloan is the definition capitalized, bold, and italicized a definition of a choke artist. A guy with great teams who could only win in the regular season and not the playoffs. Got himself to two NBA finals and lost him.
4: Yeah. All oh, you're here going to hear from crickets for me because I'm not going. You're trying to talk me into circles, okay. no, no, and I'm still I'm standing by my main premise. Okay, I am not comparing Doc Rivers to any other soul okay, on I'm the planet, other than to say he's had tremendous talent on his teams multiple times. Yeah, exactly. And you're every right. time, you're except right. once, he fell short and has
3: consistently except fallen once. short
4: and consistently fallen short of his expectations. I
3: know. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. There, but he still won a championship. Yes,
4: I have to give him credit for that. He okay.
3: did. Okay. and he got Early holes. in his
4: career. Since
3: then, he has Early choked. in his career. Eric, it was like uh, he had coached the Magic, got fired, went to broadcasting, called the NBA Finals in 04 with the Pistons and Lakers, was sitting there throwing self-pity all over himself because he hadn't won a championship on national TV with Al Michaels. Then three years later goes to the Celtics and wins an NBA championship. He wasn't early in his career. Jerry Sloan had time after time. Andre, a great that was 20 years idol, ago. I So now we're going to put time into this. By the way, just, that's that early was, in his career. That was 14 years ago that he won a championship. Doc did. And that was that was 30 I don't know why we're having this argument. That was 10 years ago, by the way. I mean, come on.
4: I don't I don't know where this where this is going
3: or why this even happened I'm just simply telling you if doc if in your opinion Doc dockers is a choke artist and I'm gonna throw Jerry Sloan into the conversation uh, okay you agree uh, good no Great. yeah you I'm are, just I'm yeah.
4: tired of throwing in something else to distract from the argument it's that's not all distracting. You're trying to change the subject.
3: That's the same subject.
4: I'm not trying to compare anybody to anybody. I'm just talking about Doc Rivers. You you don't want to look at the great talent he's had on his teams over the years. I don't know why you have this mental block of the great talent he has had on his roster many different times in many different locations. Um, And he consistently fails to take them far.
3: What do you mean fails?
4: Is there any other definition than fails? No, then I don't you know. don't, just
3: help, Like, what do you, what you, you don't do you mean? achieve what, what is you're Eric expected Franzen's to achieve. definition in fail?
4: You don't achieve the goal that's put in front of you and the expectations that are put on you with the talent that's available to you.
3: What, but what are those he didn't expectations accomplish and goals? I'm, I'm sorry. He didn't
4: get make his, he didn't take his team to the <laughs> NBA finals. He did it twice. Early in his career with a super team in Boston, it was
3: past. We're past the early point. That 2008. You're gonna say he that wasn't part of the early
4: part of his career? No. No, is what the first after you've coached two years, you're no longer an early part of your career. After
3: coach coach four years, you're past or early. That's part still of your early career. part of your career. If you coach for twenty years, okay. your first four oh, years are still so, considered an oh early part gosh. of your career. Okay, so because he went to the NBA Finals early in his career, we're not going to count him. We're going to shove that aside. I'm not saying no, I'm not going no, to count what you just said. it. I said that's he went. It was early said. in his career that's with the what Super you just Team. Said. Oh, that is such a horribly on. AJ, this is all your fault, by the way, dude. Your <laughs> fault. All right. Let's talk baseball, shall we? Um. Do we need to take a timeout first? What time is it? Yeah, we probably oughta. Yeah, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. I'm going to yell at AJ for a little bit for texting in that <laughs> and starting an argument. You listen to the Full Court Press of 106.9 The Fan. I'm
7: Matt Neverett. On this week in the Mountain West, we break down the Week 5 slate, including a pair of conference battles. Head coach of the Wyoming Cowboys, Craig Bold, joins to break down their win over UConn. And Jesse Kurtz of the Air Force broadcast crew in the Mountain West Network joins to talk the upcoming matchup for the Falcons against the Lobos. It's all this week on the Mountain West Radio Network.
1: Thursday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The
4: Fan.
6: Thursday night, come help ignite the light with Alex Boyer as he performs a free concert at the Cache County Fairgrounds, bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. This evening of fun and food will help raise funds for the Cache County Suicide Prevention. Suicide affects all walks of life, backgrounds, and age demographics. Join Alex Boyer Thursday evening as he performs a free concert to support and give back to our community. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to the Cache Valley Daily Faith Facebook page for concert details and donation information. The outpouring of support for this event and cause is unbelievable. Thank you to all of the businesses for your support. Join Alex Boyer Thursday evening at the Cache County Fairgrounds as he performs a free concert, bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to the Cache Valley Daily Facebook page for concert details and donation information. Ignite the light this Thursday.
1: Ascent Aesthetics is a premier aesthetic practice. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette of Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throw are proud to offer you a professional aesthetics team. The Ascent team is passionate about education, best techniques, products, procedures, and services. If you're looking for help with Botox, fillers, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, or skincare, Ascent will help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. See which Ascent service is right for you and learn more at AscentAesthetics.com. That's AscentAesthetics.com.
6: Medicare commercials on TV are confusing and seem to offer amazing coverages and options. Unfortunately, national companies don't know our network of doctors or hospitals. At LSS Insurance, Medicare is what we do and what we know. We are your local advocates for the best options at the best prices and will be here to service all of your needs. To get the correct information about Medicare, call LSS Insurance at 752-9493 or Google LSS Insurance. We're a local independent agency with answers you need about Medicare. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. It's first and goal on the 10-yard line. Your team is poised to make the play of a lifetime. Your quarterback hands off to the
1: running back who rushes right into a wall. Now, the away team says they'll take the wall out of your way, but only after you hand them a suitcase full of cash. That's exactly how ransomware works. In 2020, half of all organizations were victims of a ransomware attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at LesOlson.com.
0: The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: I'm not reading any more of AJ's text. I'm staying off that thing. <laughs> I'm, do- I'm, not, I'm not doing it. All right, MLB baseball's getting crazy here as we get down to the final portion of the season. Uh, by the way, Salt Lake Bees are closing up their uh, final real trip of the year. Uh, they're in Tacoma. That poor bees team, dude. They just get pilfered by the Angels because the Angels have so many injuries, and the bees suck. It's really a big bummer. It's, it's frustrating. I just, I just want to point that out. Okay, Eric. Here is Adilio Cherio in the AL. All right. Um, let's look at it this way. Okay, Yankees came off a sweep of the Red Sox with a seven-game winning streak, but they faced the hardest schedule they probably ever had to face. In uh, Out of all the contenders, that include, what, Tampa Bay, uh, Mariners that right, are up and coming out of nowhere. Oakland still like peeking through the door, but their fingers are shut in between. Um, the Red Sox are the Red Sox, choking when it matters most losing games that they shouldn't lose, and the Orioles are just playing like the rule of spoiler, and they love it. Hey, don't forget the Blue Jays. I mean, they've got oh, some yeah, young, Toronto. great bats there. They're not out of the woods yet either, and they're hosting the Yankees. And they got beat by the Yankees yesterday, 7-2, to shellacked by the Yankees. They play 5 o'clock tonight here, so just in about 13 or so minutes. They'll get it on Baltimore and Boston. Play last night, Baltimore upset Boston, and we'll look to do so again to hopefully give the uh, Mariners... Uh, an upper hand in the, uh, AL AL wildcard race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. AL wildcard race. Uh, so that's, I mean, just AL wildcard spots, man, getting pretty crazy right now. A lot
4: of different teams still. And that's what's fun this time of the year. Like, there's only a few days left, but there's like, what, five, six different teams that are in play here. So trying to figure out what. Where they're gonna go, or if they even get to go to the postseason?
3: Yankees are at 90 and 67. They're two games in front of the Red Sox, who are 88 and 69. Mariners just on the breath of their neck at 88 and 70. They're a half game back. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays are one game back. Athletics are three and a half. They're gonna need some help though. Uh, those are for the, f- the two final wild card spots. Meanwhile, <laughs> in the National League, uh, it's not even close. The Dodgers are at 101 and 56. The closest team next to them is a team that's won 17 games in a row, Eric, and they're still 13 games behind the leader at 88-69. and 69. You've won 17 games in a row, and you're still 13 games behind the leader. Is that depressing or what?
4: Well, but that's not a team I want to face in the playoffs. No. The, the Cardinals are the last they team in the that. National League that I would want to be drawn up against just because how hot they're playing right now. Look, their are standing. You throw that out the window. That That is not a team you want to mess with in the postseason. Somebody's going to get a really bad draw getting the and you know uh, the who it's going to be?
3: You know who it's going to be? It's going to be my Braves. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how the, be. That's how the baseball gods work around here. They're like, you know what, Atlanta? You've had too much success. You went to the NLCS a couple of years back. Here's the, here's the hottest team in baseball, in all of baseball. Here's the Cardinals. It just, dude, the crap continues. I get so sick of it.
4: Um... Interesting games tonight. Giants hosting the Diamondbacks, who are really, really bad. Uh, but the Dodgers also hosting the Padres. Padres had a lot of expectations on them. They've fallen way, way short this year. Of, yeah. But they could still play a little bit of a spoiler role. Um, I don't know if necessarily spoiler, but just help San Francisco hang on to that top spot. Just mess with the Dodgers' hopes of winning their division.
3: Okay, so here's Adilio Chirio in regards of who's clinched who has not Giants and Dodgers are both in. Those are probably two of the quote-unquote best teams. In They're in the playoffs. Records. We yeah. don't
4: know like if they who won their division or necessarily. Cause well, yeah. I mean, Giants have at least clinched
3: em. a wild-card spot. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have clinched at least a wild-card spot. The Tampa Bay Rays have clinched their third straight playoff spot. The Chicago White Sox, not the Cubs, the White Sox are in. They clinched to the AL Central. And, of course, St. Louis, again, with their 17 straight wins. <laughs> that's, a, that's still mind-boggling to me.
4: How about Tony Larusa? Oh, I mean, dude. a lot of criticism on yeah. this guy, yeah, uh, for bringing an old school approach. Doesn't understand the rules. Had some issues before um, with uh, some driving under the influence. But uh, man, that that team's figured out a way to put it together. <laughs> They're winning a lot of games. Guy's a great coach. He's uh, making it happen for the White Sox.
3: So if the season were to end today, luckily it doesn't. But if were to end today, Eric, your American League. Would look like this. Your East champ is Tampa Bay, Central White Sox, West champ is the Houston Astros. Your first wild card spot goes to the Yankees, and your second one goes to the Red Sox. In the NL, your East champ is the Braves, Central Brewers, West is the Giants. Your first and second wild card spots are Dodgers and Cardinals. That is a very competitive National League playoff.
4: Yeah. National League's going to be really. Think how good the Dodgers really
3: are, and Eric, they're going to be a wild card team.
4: Hey, uh, wild card implications in the American League tonight. Uh, it's Seattle hosting the Athletics, eight o'clock. I'm I'm sad that's not a nationally televised game because there's a lot on the wire for both those teams. But more importantly, the the Mariners, who they still have an outside shot at getting that wild card position. If uh, Boston can lose and they can win, they will overtake Boston because they have b- virtually the same record. <laughs>
3: that's bonkers. All right, got to take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap up the first hour, get you ready for Opponent Research Wednesday here on the Full Court Press. Saturday on Compass Media
5: Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's Pac-12 North action as the Stanford Cardinal hosts the third-ranked Oregon Ducks. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Chad Brown and me for all the action as Anthony Brown and the explosive Ducks look to remain undefeated against Tanner McKee and the Cardinal. It's Oregon and Stanford. If it's college football, it's right here.
6: Saturday afternoon at 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fans.
5: Friday night, it's the Aggies and BYU. Rivalry games are the best. Show your Aggie support by wearing Aggie apparel from Locker 42. The best dressed Aggie fan shop Locker 42's big selection of Aggie golf shirts and t-shirts. With cool temperatures Friday night, you'll stay warm and look good in a Locker 42 Aggie jacket or Aggie hoodie. Locker 42 has a big selection of Aggie hats. It's the place true Aggies buy their gear. Locker 42 shop either location, 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store at 36 South Main. Locker 42
7: Fall is in the air and it's getting colder.
2: Make sure
1: your vehicle is well maintained. This is Dustin with Valvoline and Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's. As the weather turns colder, your car might need a little more attention and an oil change is easy. We'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing? You can stay in your car while our train pros service your vehicle. Valvoline and Oil Change, 695 North Main. Don't mind the construction out front, we are still open and ready to serve you.
6: Here's what you need to do Thursday night. It's Elements Bar Bites and $3 Draft Night. If you're one of the first 50 people, you get a free appetizer. Plus, check out Elements' new Bar Bites menu. It includes deep-fried pepper jack mac and cheese, spicy battered, cauliflower chicken quesadillas, and a whole lot of other items, all priced under 10 bucks. The Elements Bar and Patio are open for this event, and the first 50, get that free appetizer. Plus, all draft beer, $3. bucks. you are going to love this new Bar Bites menu, so plan to be there Thursday night. Elements' all-new Bar Bites and $3 Draft Night, starting Thursday at 5 5
0: this is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. Did you know that Valley Office Systems is a local company with Utah ownership? And we are debt free with 47 years of industry experience. Valley remains your safe and smart choice for document solutions and all things office. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: When you buy Napa Auto Parts, you're getting the best. Best parts and best service. Need a new battery or a new wiper blades? Pull into any of your locally or five locally owned uh, businesses, Preston and Providence, Napa Auto Parts stores. And they'll not only make sure you get the right battery or wiper blades, they'll even help you install it. And if you need any other work done, they can recommend a dozen Napa Auto Care Centers with ASE Certified Technicians, Napa Auto Parts. They sponsor Dan Patrick's Above the Noise coming up here in about 20 seconds. Uh, We'll get to your opponent research Wednesday with BYU. Looking forward to that. What does that look for?
4: A minute and 20 seconds, maybe?
3: Oh, yeah. I guess it'd be like a minute and 26 seconds. I don't know. I just looked at the clock. Jeez, calm down, Eric. You know, you're really just pinpointing every mistake that I make today, huh? (laughs) And then when you're like, hey, well, you aren't going to be here for long anyway, so it's okay. You're going to have a diminished role. You feel a little extra sensitive over there. Well, yeah, dude. You're, yeah, you're going to have a diminished role. You're not going to be here for long anyway, so, you know. Can't wait to have AJ Knight back. Kill. just <laughs> like encouraging our audience to throw darts at my eyeballs. You know? They don't have to throw them there. It's crap like that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Lower. Lower. <laughs> Kill. Uh, we'll have our opponent research Wednesday. Eric, when I look at this BYU team... They look impressive.
4: They're big. They're physical. Um, I like what Gary Anderson. Why do I keep doing that? Blake, you gotta stop that. I'm gonna stop that. Coach Anderson uh, had to say earlier this week that USU has to make it, uh, they have to get the tempo in their favor. They have to play their game. I don't think they can beat BYU on their terms. We'll discuss more coming up next hour. Stick around.
8: Hey, and Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The midweek hype for Tom Brady's return to New England is starting to reach epic levels. Postseason levels. Maybe even Super Bowl levels. Anyone who's ever known Tom is doing an interview this week. People want to know what random Boston fans think about his return emotions are running higher than any week four game in recent memory which is kind of funny because both Brady and Bill Belichick are take it one week at a time guys who treat every game the same but we know this means a whole lot more to Brady and although he won't admit it it has to be important to Belichick as well how could it not be he has a ton of pride and even though he says he wanted Brady back it seems clear that he was ready to move on last year clearly went Brady's way This week is a chance for Belichick to start to even the scales. This game has a movie script feel to it. But after a whole week of analyzing it, we might be ready to move on by the time it's over. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.
2: No stopping this team!
7: The
8: Aggies,
0: the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it.
1: Merrill for the lead. He's
0: the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and A.J. Salveson. I'd hate
3: to see how you balance your checkbook. I'm telling you, I'd hate to see you general manager a team.
2: Y'all getting paid millions to act like...
0: The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: Full Court Press, hour number two, Eric Franson and A.J. Salveson. Forever, however long you have me for... From here on out.
4: This. for this hour?
3: Well, I mean, I have a diminished role coming up. You're getting AJ Knight, I guess. <laughs> AJ's thrilled. AJ has been excited so much about coming back. Hey, did you hear, uh, this cool story on, uh, Coach Wells, uh, from a fan? No. Uh, this is told by Pink Aggie. I, I gotta, um,. Look, people can say what they want about about Coach Wells, You know, whether you like him, you hate him, whatever it is. Um, but Pink Aggie tweets out this story. Uh, I'm going to read it out here. Uh, there's these game balls that have these initials written on the game ball. Uh, and Pink Aggie says, to start a story, these are USU football game balls against BYU in 2014. The initials on those footballs belong to my family member. I have told this story here before. But I thought I'd share again as we get ready for BYU Friday night. Uh, the initials on the game balls are uh, uh, belong to a family member, and this Thursday will mark the seventh year anniversary of his passing. He was my brother, confident, my best friend. He was an employee of Utah State, loved USU athletics, something fierce. As a side note, I know he would have loved the Aggie community. Yada yada yada. On the last Monday, September two thousand fourteen, this Monday, seven years ago, uh, Steve was admitted to an Intermountain Medical Center in Murray, Utah, to have major surgery. He had suffered from pancreatitis for 11 years, living in a great deal of pain almost daily. The surgery was to remove part of his pancreas and liver, as well as his spleen, and it was anticipated that the surgery could finally alleviate the pain he had suffered for so long. The surgery lasted twice as long as they thought it would. It was intricate and complicated, but his medical team felt it was successful, and we look forward to having Steve possibly being released from the hospital on Friday, game day against BYU. Our entire family anticipated watching the game on TV together at home. In the early hours of Tuesday, September 30th, I received a phone call that he had gone into full cardiac arrest and that they needed to rush down to the Murray uh, to the Murray Hospital from Logan. Upon entering the hospital parking lot, he, uh, they had received another phone call saying that he had passed away. Uh, this lady then had to tell his sons that, who, that they had lost their father. The day we thought he might be coming home watching the USU-BYU game turned into the day that we buried him. With hearts shattered, unspeakable grief after his funeral burial, uh, we uh, still turned on that game. In complete awe, we watched our Utah State Aggies beat BYU in Provo, the first time the Aggies had done so since 78. Little did we know at the time that the Aggies played that game with Steve uh, Murphy's initials on the game ball. Two days later, Coach Wells gifted us one of those six game balls. It's funny, football is just a game, and this was never more clear than on that day in 14, but that game... Uh, that game even made the darkest days of my family, as has ever known, a little more bright. Uh, let's see, I love, let's see, I think Steve would want to end this novel thread with Go Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's awesome. Uh, and Steve Tate, who I think everyone remembers the, uh, Hayes Tough slogan that lasted, that went for so long of Steve Tate's little boy, who before he, uh, before he passed on, after he'd passed... Uh, Steve said that Coach Wells got a phone call about two weeks after. Uh, he answered it, and then Coach introduced himself, and three weeks later had his family up to Logan with Aggie gear and a tour of the facilities, and they are considered close friends now. So uh, and obviously now Coach Wells now at Texas Tech dealing with a few more issues uh, as his team got hammered 70-35, to 35, but that's a pretty cool story about the kind of guy Coach Wells was that people don't hear enough about. Because we just see the coach on the field, the results on the field, and think, well, this guy sucks. He's probably a jerk too. And uh, it's, it's quite the opposite with Coach Wells. Yeah, he
4: did a lot of little things like that. Um, uh, there were uh, During his time, I know he'd always invite uh, certain uh, people to uh, be there at the end of practices. Uh, sometimes there were uh, younger people going through some crazy medical stuff or somebody who had lost uh, someone dear to them, but they're big Aggie fans. He he had a way of finding out about these things and inviting them to those practices. And uh, that was one of the really cool things about showing up to do post-practice interviews is just waiting until that moment was done and kind of seeing... I'm I'm not right in the middle of that. they always have us 50, 70 yards away. But you can tell... There's a neat moment happening with the team. And Matt Wells is always really good about inviting special people to be there and having the whole team kind of be there with them and hear their story and give them a a, a good boost and a good lift. So that's a cool story.
3: Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Aggies, Cougars, get it on this Friday night, 7 o'clock on merlin Field. Should be a good one. 13th-ranked Cougars coming into the house. Jay Katz of the Zone Sports Network uh, and of Locked On Cougars will be joining us here in about nine minutes. To talk BYU football introduces to this team and what they look like. When I see, I was watching some film on them from the South Florida game, and I also watched the Arizona State game. And what really stood out to me is the physicalness that they play with on the defensive side of the ball. Look, they got hogs on the front for the offensive line. They're monsters, Eric. But it's what that defensive line plays with with such physicalness really stood out to me. I thought it was impressive stuff.
4: Yeah, they've got nine sacks on the season for negative 76 yards so far. Nine sacks through four games.
3: That's impressive.
4: And three of those are Pac twelve teams. So I mean it's it's pretty impressive um how they get after you. Um so that uh the, the game plan for Utah State, what what Blake Anderson was saying earlier this week is that USU will have to set the terms of how this game is played. They don't have the same Size and physicalness right now, as BYU does, so it'll be a need, it'll need to be a game with with pace, misdirection and speed. Uh, here's here's uh, Coach Anderson's uh, Coach Anderson's quote, and I don't know exactly where this is in the quote trying to look for it <laughs> that you grabbed. but basically says we're not going to just overpower them. We know that. We're going to have to use speed and quickness. I think team speed is in our favor. I think quickness is in our favor. Size and power is not. So I think we've got to try and make it our kind of game.
3: I hate to do this, you, but I think I finally found it. Let's go ahead and play it. Here is yeah, I'd rather down. hear it in his words. On just on, I believe it's just that.
9: Well, we're not going to just overpower. We know that. We're going to have to use speed and quickness. I do think team speed is in our favor. I think quickness is in our favor. Size and power is not. So we got to try to make it our kind of game. On both sides of the ball. We we got to try to frustrate them up front. We try to get guys free, use our quickness and our speed to speed the clock up for them. Offensively, we got to get them out in space, make them uncomfortable. I mean, if we play to their strengths and just try to play, you know, hitch in the mouth tight ball all night long, we're probably gonna be pretty frustrated. We want to make them try to play our tempo ball, faster pace, uh, sideline to sideline, a lot of grass. That that gives us the best chance to win. And we um, We've been physically uh, probably outmatched in a couple of these games all year. And if you look at just size and strength and power, but our speed and our effort and our, our execution out in space has allowed us to win three games. Um, it's not going to be different here. The same plan would have worked uh, Saturday against Boise, how we executed better. We didn't execute well. We, we played very poorly in a lot of areas. The, the plan wasn't the issue. It was executing the plan, you know, efficiently and effectively so um you know we got to make it our kind of game there's no doubt we know how they're built we know how we're not but we do have some advantages that we need to lean on and and, and that's really on both sides of the ball is speed and quickness and hopefully that's going to be a factor in a big way
3: Eric can I ask you so two years ago and even three years ago when they would play BYU uh they they used that fast-paced offense but when the defense is as good-sized and talented and physical like this BYU team, doesn't it worry you just a tad bit like, I mean, is this going to work against a physical, talented, good-sized defense? I mean, can you spread them thin and, well, and and use your speed to get through?
4: Well, I think they learned some lessons the hard way against their conference rival in Boise State, uh, things that they, they uh, need to clean up. But They were able to move the ball against a physical talented Boise State defense. So I think that they can. Um, I think if they play their their game that they play best, I think Utah State can move the ball on these guys. Look, BYU gives up as many yards as they gain. Uh, it's pretty even. When you look at their season statistics, they allow as much as they do themselves. Now, they've done an effective job of not allowing teams to get into the end zone. Utah State proved last week they can get lots of yards. doesn't always equal points. But I think that this this Utah State team has that ability to move the ball on a team like BYU who, who is physical. But Boise was physical. And the Aggies could move the ball against them. They just had a few other execution issues that cost them. Uh,
3: and then here is uh, Satake, uh talking about his offensive line and the size they have, and it is a big size advantage for them.
2: Yeah, I thought they did some good things. I, I thought uh, Joe came in to some good things uh, at guard, and you know he and, and Connor Pay have had, had kind of a little bit of rotation there. We, we saw Campbell Barrington come in in and, and uh, fill in for Harris when Harris was, was banged up, and then you know we were expecting Harris to to make a recovery and and, and be with us this week. But uh, it's nice to know that we can count on some of those guys to be in there, and I know. Um, coach funk is working on on the depth and he's trying to get get guys developed as quickly as possible there's some young guys that we we're really excited about but um you know we're, we're still it's still a work in progress so uh in the meantime we're, we're really thankful for the guys that are that are out there that are playing that have some experience and hopefully just keep developing these guys as we go along there's a lot of promising young o men that we're really liking even on on our scout team and stuff they're giving us a great look and I have to say we're pretty deep there. We're just very young.
4: Then that's another thing. That they're inexperienced.
3: That's a good. The Yaggies
4: may be able to take advantage
3: of some yeah, of that. They got a very experienced defensive line to the Yaggies, and that's a young offensive line. Handling it in a rivalry game can always be interesting, but they've done it well so far. Again, they're four and zero in the season, ranked 13th in the country, um, uh, for the Yaggies in the AP top 25 poll.
4: Uh, defensively, uh, BYU could be without, and expected to be without. Some of the starters, Tyler Batty, Atunaisa Mahe, and Isaiah Heron. Oh. Uh, Jaron Hall, the quarterback, is expected to be back. Uh, Romney looked just fine in his replacement. But they had a number of guys go down in their game against South Florida. Uh, Right tackle, Harris, Lachance went down. Tight end, Mason Wake. Kick returner, Caleb Christensen. Um, They... At one point, had to be you know had to leave the field. Gabe Summers, Caden Haas, Uriah loya Taawa. I don't know if I pronounced that right. No, you're right. But I mean, that's a lot of guys that they had gone. They got dinged up. Uh, Keenan Peely, season-ending ACL tear in the Arizona State game. That uh, bad really, too. really good linebacker, and he's out. So they're moving some guys around a little bit. Chaz Ayu is moved in from safety up to a linebacker in some place. So they're they're moving some guys around trying to replace guys that aren't there anymore and try to figure out who is or isn't available from injuries last week. So I, I think that on the defensive side, that's where there's some confusion maybe and some moving parts for BYU that Utah State may be able to try to exploit.
3: Uh, here is Coach Blake Anderson on BYU's QBs, both uh, Romney and Hall.
9: Well, Romney's your setting in the pocket and deliver the ball to a bunch of guys in pretty pretty much anywhere on the field he can get it to them. And with that old line, he seems to be really, really comfortable. Yeah, you know, the athletic aspect uh, of a running dual-threat quarterback obviously brings another dynamic. It's two different kind of looks we're gonna have to be prepared for both and probably won't know which one's going to be the guy until until they they tee it up um short week with his with how romney played and with the injury and kind of the schedule they have still ahead of them you would lean to thinking that that's who you're going to see but but who knows we've got to be prepared for either they're both quality players present big problems again it does start up front regardless of which quarterback uh we're going to have to find a way to make the the offensive line uncomfortable, which is hard to do considering how they're built.
3: And they're built well, too. They're, those are both two really talented quarterbacks. As you said, Romney came in last week. He not, made some great didn't throws. Didn't even miss a beat. Kid's talented. He scrambled,
4: got some yards.
3: Uh, let's go ahead and uh, go talk more about BYU, their quarterbacks, their offensive line, the injuries they've had to deal with, and getting ready for Friday night. Joining us here on the full court press now is a good friend of mine, part of the Zone Sports Network, and he's the host of Locked On Cougars and Locked On Utes, by the way. But we are focused on the BYU Cougars. It is Jake Cash joining us here. Jake, how are you, my man?
7: Doing well, Ajay. How are you
3: guys? We're Doing well, Thanks. Hey Jake, I, I, I got to start here. Uh, the Eric was just talking about the, the Knicks and the Dings that BYU suffered through last week. How are they doing so far in getting healed up and ready for this Friday on a short week?
7: Well, according to Kalani Sitake, none of the players who got nicked up are out for the season, so I guess in a way that's good news. Uh, it's still going to be wait and see mode really until Friday to see who actually suits up and is out there, but I think all eyes for BYU fans are obviously on Jaron Hall and his health status. Uh, I think they're feeling a little bit better about their chances at quarterback with Baylor Romney and his performance last week, but obviously you never want to have your number one guy go down, so I think it's all eyes on Jaron Hall.
4: And and how much of a difference would it make, though? I mean, Romney looked great uh, in relief, Uh, led the team to a victory, so is it that much of a drop-off if it's not Jaron Hall?
7: Well, that's the funny thing, Eric, Is I actually had a conversation with somebody this week who said, "Well, even if Hall uh, can't go, we should be just fine. And uh, If you can replicate the performance that Romney had, sure, BYU probably is just fine, but we'll find out. I, I think that they picked Jaron Hall for a reason. His game-breaking ability is probably a little more uh, dynamic than a guy like Baylor Romney, but Romney flashed a very good arm and ability with a deep ball to put it right where guys could go get it. So I think both quarterbacks offer something, but I do still think there was a reason why they picked Jaron Hall originally, and I think they would prefer to have him out there.
3: Hey, this this offense is so talented. Uh, you know, whether it's Jaron Hall running the ball or it's Algier, I mean, Baylor Romney, of course, Nakua. How big of an impact has a running game been? Because you know the quarterbacks can throw the ball, but the, the way this team runs it behind those massive hogs has got to have been really uh, pleasing for Coach Satake.
7: Yeah, that's kind of their whole M.O. They want, always wanted to have kind of that big offensive line and running backs really go downhill on people. And the good news for BYU, regardless uh coming into the season, whoever was going to be the quarterback, they knew they had their top two running backs coming back, with Algier coming off a 1,000-yard season. And then Lopini Katoa, very much a nice change of pace back can catch the ball out of the backfield, very effective when running the ball as well. So the two running backs they've got in Algier and Katoa have been – Nothing, uh, if not great, so far this season, and the hope is they will continue to do that this Friday against the Aggies.
4: So uh, let's talk about Algier for a minute. This is a, a physical runner. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I don't know if I'd classify him as a real speedster in, until I saw that uh, fumble recovery chase down, and he. That was pretty. That was amazing. But uh, yeah. for anybody that just watches college sports, but. Uh, is he more of a power back, or does he, does he have that breakaway speed that just hasn't been showcased yet?
7: Well, and see, that's the thing about Algier is he's got a label as a power back, and he should. He's five 5'11", 220 pounds. He's an absolute sledgehammer out there as a running back. But as you mentioned, the, the fumble that he caused, he went down and punched that ball out against Arizona State. And the other play I think most people kind of left them stunned with his ability to really break away from folks was last year against Boise State. Uh, he had a one cut run. He took one cut, cut up field, and it was something like an eighty yard run that he ran away from everybody on Boise State's defense. And let me remind you, he's two hundred and twenty pounds, but according to most folks in Provo, he has four or five speed. It just doesn't necessarily get I think oh I, I think it gets overlooked, I think, because of his ability to really pick up tough yards between the tackles.
3: Jake, I know you kept an eye on the Boise State, Utah State game this past Saturday and you saw the struggles that Utah State's offense had in the red zone. Meanwhile on the other side Over there in Royal Blue, they are 14 of 15 inside the red zone. 12 of those are touchdowns. What have you seen out of the red zone efficiency from the BYU Cougars?
7: Well, it's a a big focus. Uh, If I can take you guys back to 2019, uh, funny enough, I saw a lot of 2019 BYU in that performance against Boise State from Utah State. The ability to motor up and down the field all game long between the 20s. When you get in the red zone, shooting yourselves in the foot. And that's what happened to BYU during the 2019 season all year long. The coaching staff after that season made a renewed emphasis on finishing in the red zone. It became a focus of the practices every day. It's carried over into this season, and it's something that BYU prides themselves on. When they get inside that red zone, they plan on getting seven, if at all possible. And as you mentioned, they've scored 12 times out of 15 so far this season. And it's just I think it's a focus thing. And I think Utah State, they'll be better, obviously. You would hope so, because I, I can't believe they have 317 yards and zero points. is astounding to me, but... That's how it goes sometimes in this sport.
4: So with uh, with, with t- speaking of points, I mean, BYU uh, is able to move the ball up and down the, the field. They're able to get points. Uh, they've been able to hold their opposing teams to the you know, mid to high teens. South Florida, certainly notwithstanding, they had a second half that was very different. But um, they're, they're giving up about as many yards as they gain, but they're not giving up as many points. So is that that red zone defense? Is that kind of the difference maker for BYU in their, their first couple of games?
7: I think the biggest thing is BYU, uh, on their defensive side of the ball, they are a team that's very much a bend-don't-break style. They'll let you get yardage between the 20s. They're okay with that. They believe in the whole bend-don't-break mentality, and they feel like if they can get you into a longer drive, eventually something is going to happen. they are going to get them an ability to force a punt, a turnover, or or the opposing offense would just give the ball back in some way, shape, or form. I know that BYU fans, they would like to see more of an attacking defense, and at times they have been plenty uh, efficient in terms of getting turnovers and stuff like that, but I think this defense, the whole mentality is, you know what, let's get them behind the chains if at all possible, force punts, and at the very worst, let's see if we can get a turnover. So it not necessarily a, t- a ball-hawking team, speaking of the Cougars, but still the ability to limit points is obviously a a good move on their part.
3: Jake, what have you seen out of the BYU, or BYU, what have you seen out of Utah State offense and and, and their defense as well?
7: I think the thing about Utah State offensively for me is just their ability to attack the entire width of the field, and That's because we're seeing guys lined up uh, near the sidelines on opposite sides of the field in offensive formations. They like to spread teams out and really attack them. I actually really like the innovative style that the Aggies have deployed under Coach Anderson so far, and it's really fun to see. Defensively, Justin Rice is one of my favorite players to watch. I I obviously had heard about him and his reputation uh, going from Fresno State to Arkansas State and then obviously transferring to Utah State, but I hadn't had much of a chance to really watch him up close. Through the first four games of the season, I'm absolutely floored at how good a player he is. And the nice part is they got a lot of complementary pieces around him. So I'm really impressed with this Utah State team. I think they've exceeded all expectations this year in terms of what they have done going 3-1. and one. I think most of you think you guys would agree with that. The biggest number, if I'm not mistaken, was three wins on the season. So right. if you're hitting a 3-1, you've got to be thinking, OK, the rebuild's kind of been fast-tracked here. But I didn't necessarily think a rebuild or a complete... Tear down was needed. I just felt like they needed the right leadership in there. And so far, Blake Anderson and company have done a great job.
4: They we're talking to Jake Hatch, part of the uh, Locked On Cougars podcast, uh, breaking down Utah State and BYU coming up on Friday in Logan. And, Jake, this BYU team went through three straight Pac-12 opponents. Um, that's that's rough for a, a lot of teams to, to go through, but they handled it. They played well. Uh, they went through and had a nice first half against South Florida. Then things changed in the second half. How much of that was just, a num- as we've already detailed, a lot of different guys going out with little injuries. Some t- maybe be a little bit bigger than that. But uh, with guys just going out with injuries and younger guys or more inexperienced guys coming in, or just the team kind of laying off the gas a little bit and just letting South Florida back into it.
7: Uh, I think that all three of those things factor in. The, of course, those three Pac-12 opponents, you're going to get up to them because they're Power 5 opponents. And When USF shows up on your schedule, I don't care who you are, it's a little bit of a, I, I don't know how to say, a letdown in a way. And BYU kind of played that way. Especially in that second half, USF was all about ball control offense. They had drives of 19 yards was the longest, 14 plays. They they just controlled the clock. They had 30 almost 36 minutes of time of possession. And BYU uh, did a lot of rotating in that game against USF. I'm talking guys I had not seen all year long, defensively especially, twos and threes. And I think that the mentality in that game was BYU thought, okay, we can mix in some extra guys here, give us some game experience. And it almost burned them, honestly. Uh, they, gave, they got it to a one-possession game. And fortunately for BYU, USF couldn't execute an onside kick properly and they were able to run out the clock. But I think that they'll tighten things up this week. I think Utah State's got their full attention. I think the near letdown against USF also captured their attention. But I think it was just a mixture of all three things you mentioned.
3: So, have you ever seen a BYU team play as well as they have, but yet seem so disappointed and so angry in a press conference? Like, just seemed, I just seem—I didn't see it like face to face, but it just—I don't know if like Sataki ever smiled. If he does even smile, it just—it was incredible how disappointed and angry they seemed, even though they're four and zero, ranked thirteenth in the country.
7: I, I, I think you're right, Ah Jan. I can tell you this much: Kalani loves to smile. He loves to dance. He loves to have a good time. But there was a def, different uh, demeanor, a different tone from him in the post game from that USF game, and I, I really think it's just that they felt like they let off the gas. They—they they let USF do some things that they did not anticipate USF being able to do. I think BYU might have gotten into that game a little uh, overconfident, I guess is the term to use, and they got burned a little bit in that game. So I think, as I mentioned, this is a game going into Utah State, in-state rivalry, no matter what certain BYU players may have to say, and they're they're refocused. I think the coaching staff has been harping on them all week long, telling them you guys may think you're good and you're ranked 13th and you're 4-0, but you guys got to realize USF almost put it to you. So Utah State, you better believe they're going to come after you as well.
4: Uh, Just as a sidebar, I think it's kind of fun to hear. uh, There were a lot of questions and and then uh, responses to dealing with the USU crowd and the fans. For the first Mm -hmm. time, this BYU football team will be on the side with the fans. So I imagine it's going to be really lively. I would love to have an open mic down there, not for radio, maybe just a close mic (laughs) just so I can hear. But um, I I think it's going to be pretty – that could – Create some interesting uh, dynamics that we haven't seen in the in the this long storied uh, rivalry between these two teams.
7: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's going to be an interesting thing, obviously, to switch sides of the field for BYU. But I also don't blame Utah State at all for doing that. Uh, see what see what the student section can do to harass BYU's players and coaches, and it should be a fun environment. We all know that Maverick Stadium. Whenever one of these in-state teams, whether it's BYU or Utah, go up there, the fans are all lathered up and it's gonna be a fun time there's a lot of BYU fans I'm sure they'll be trying to make the trip up there I love Maverick Stadium it's a smaller stadium obviously but it's just a stadium where fans are right on top of you and it gets really really noisy so I look forward to Friday night I think it's gonna be absolutely nuts
3: so Jake since everybody else and their dogs have been asked about I'm gonna ask you is this a rivalry yes or no
7: yeah, it is. There's no doubt about that. And I've got family. I grew up in Orem, Utah, but I've got family in the Logan area up there in Cache Valley who are the die diehard Utah State fans. They have sat through many, many years of let's just let's just say it not great Utah State football in the last decade plus. Has been a lot better for them up there in Logan. And I absolutely think it's a rivalry. No matter like. And I think the biggest thing is there's certain players at BYU who maybe didn't grow up in this state, who don't necessarily have understand the dynamic of it and it is a different type of rivalry than it is with the University of Utah for the Cougars, but it is absolutely a rivalry.
4: Uh last question for me, Jake. This is uh as we've mentioned a rivalry that dates back a long time. This is the like 90 years or something like that. Mm-hmm. But could this rivalry be in jeopardy of continuing with BYU going into the Big 12?
7: Uh, it could, obviously on paper, because we don't know exactly what BYU's conference schedule is going to be. There have been thoughts out there that the Big 12 could go to 8, 9, or even 10 conference games, depending on the format, and we'll see what they ultimately decide to do in that vein. But I think that uh, and one of my co-workers at the Zone Sports Network, Patrick Kinahan, works on DJ and PK, he wrote a really cool column. You can find it at 1280thezone.com or ksl.com, where he actually says that the loyalty that Utah State has shown to BYU, scheduling them every year during their independent era, is something BYU should reward the Aggies when they go into the Big 12. I would love to see this rivalry continue. Do I think it'll necessarily be every season? Probably not, but... I'd like to see it. Let's say two out of every three years. I'd absolutely love to see Utah State and BYU squaring off.
3: Give me your thoughts on that same regard of Boise State and Utah for BYU. Uh,
7: so Utah obviously is, is their number one rival, but I think Boise State has become a very, very good rivalry for BYU. I do wonder uh, how they'll balance this, and maybe it becomes like kind of a rotation where BYU mixes in Utah State, Boise State, and Utah. Uh, just around how they do the Big 12. I think BYU is going to prioritize the Utah rivalry as the one they want to play the most. But I think all of those schools should be in the mix to play BYU on a pretty regular basis. And They've had these contracts that BYU currently is trying to work around because they had contracts all the way out to the 2030s with teams like Boise State in terms of the upcoming games as an independent. So I would imagine that those contracts get amended and they will probably be featured on future schedules, but it just may not be an annual basis for all three of them to play BYU. Well,
4: well Jake, I, I think this is going to be a fun matchup, a good showdown. I think this Utah State team has surprised a lot of people, including myself, just how, much, uh, how far ahead they are and where I thought they'd be at this point of the season. Uh, they really made some mistakes last week that are very fixable, but we'll see just how much they really fix those against a really good opponent the best one that they will have faced so far this year so appreciate the perspective i think mean, this is going to be a fun matchup
7: yeah i'm looking forward to it i always love these in-state games and any chance i can get up to go to angies or go to Maddox on my way up to logan i'm absolutely down for
3: i was going to ask what's your uh, i mean i guess it's a night game so it won't matter but uh, what's your uh, food of choice over here at uh, in catch valley oh uh, it,
7: it, it... Angie's is the easy one to go to, but there's Bluebird Cafe. There's a number of them up there. Ooh, I, I love too. the Cache Valley. It's a great, great folk up there. My brother now lives up in the Cache Valley, so it's always good to go up and visit.
4: Bluebird so. Cafe is closed for renovations, so oh, don't really? don't plan on oh. stopping there.
7: Well, well, okay. All right. Angie's a Disney. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep that in mind.
3: <laughs> He's of the Zone Sports Network, Locked on Cougars, Locked on Newt's uh, podcast host. Does an absolutely phenomenal job. I mean, really one of the best to do it in the biz. It's Jake Hatch. Jake, thanks so much for your time. Best wishes. We'll see you on Friday night. Thanks for night. the
7: insight. Eric, Ajay, thanks for the time. Have a good one, boys.
3: Right. This, Ajay, is going to be a fun game.
4: Um, in the last several meetings of this matchup, it's a high. it has proven to be a high-scoring affair. And whomever wins wins by a healthy double-digit margin. Will we see that again on Friday? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I
3: don't know. What we're I don't know. Get Friday, what we're man. Get. I
4: really don't know. I think that we. I, I think Utah State can move the ball uh, against these guys. Uh, we'll get into more details about why I believe that. Uh, more from the coaches and the players on this matchup coming we also up on have Friday. Went wrong,
3: and an actor athlete coach we need to get through as well here in the next twenty-three minutes. So. Yes. I had to look through the clock to make sure I was counting right. Shut <laughs> up, Eric. Go. Oh. It's all, right, all yep. coming up on the Full Court Press.
6: Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, AFC West foes collide in Kansas City as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs take on Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldinger and me for all the action. Which one of these dynamic quarterbacks can lead their team to a bounce-back win? It's the Chiefs and the Chargers. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 1:45 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390
1: AM, The Fan. In this competitive job market, TTM Technologies is proud to be leading the way by increasing their starting wages to 17 to 20 70 per hour, depending on position and shift, plus a $2,000 retention bonus after 180 days of employment. That's right, a $2,000 bonus. TTM Technologies is searching for career-minded candidates to fill multiple positions for day, swing, overnight, and weekend shifts. Open positions include production associates, machine operators, maintenance technicians, technical positions, wastewater treatment technicians, technicians, manufacturing Planners and accounting. Go to careers.ttmtech.com to learn more about our open positions. Employees of TTM Technologies enjoy incredible health benefits and cash incentives. In just your first year of employment, you're eligible for three weeks paid time off. After six months of employment, you're eligible for tuition reimbursement for full and part time employees. You're also eligible immediately for health insurance, 401k, paid life, and short term disability, plus quarterly and annual bonuses, and much more. Go to careers.ttmtech.com to apply. An equal opportunity employer. If you're in charge of hiring a company for commercial janitorial services for your building, call American Maintenance. For reliable cleaning of your business, American Maintenance is your simple solution. Curb to curb services, American Maintenance has you covered. For commercial janitorial services, American Maintenance. Call 512-0014. That's 512-0014.
5: 100 years, Al Sporting Goods is the oldest full-line sporting goods store in the state of Utah. 100 years old. If you've skied it, rode it, wore it, thrown it, paddled it, casted it, cooked on it, drank it, shot it, kicked it, ran on it, or climbed it, you've shopped at Al Sporting Goods in the past 100 years. Every sport, every season is not just a slogan. Don't miss Al Sporting Goods' 100-year anniversary celebration. Al Sporting Goods, every sport, every season. Sale ends Saturday.
1: Ahoy, me hearty. Do you have pirate blood in your veins? Are you a scallywag on the hunt for gold? Adventure awaits the brave of heart at Halloween on the high seas at Roveland Living Planet Aquarium. Explore the seaside carnival. Find a shipwreck and lost treasure. And discover sea creatures from the deep. Get your tickets today at thelivingplanet.com slash halloween.
0: Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM 1390 AM The Fan. There's a darkness at the edge of town.
6: Everybody gets warned
3: about feeling like my Salas, and welcome back to the Full Court Press. We are about 20 minutes out from wrapping up tonight's show. One day closer to BYU Utah State on Merlin Olson Field. Seven o'clock. You got a five thirty pregame with the the main cats in town. That's Al Lewis, Craig Hislop, Ryan Bohm Eric France, and all there to take care of you. Postgame following immediately after the game. Same station. Same good people. Be a part of that. Six eight nine one text into the show. Is this game going to be televised? It will be. Is it ESPN? CBS Sports Network. Oh, it's C B S Sports. Yeah,
4: oh. it's Utah State and the it's Mountain West home. Team and uh, there are no ESPN affiliations with Mountain West home oh. teams. Okay, so. CBS so, Sports Network.
3: Eric, we were just talking about the rivalry, and again, big thanks to Jay Cash for being a part of the show and joining us to talk BYU. You just read off some really insane numbers. Can you go through those again for our listeners?
4: Well, just over the last ten, we'll go through the last ten meetings. Yeah. All right. Yep. yep. And really, that's kind of when it—that's yeah. when the Aggies have become relevant in this series. Yeah. Historically, it's you know in the modern era since the 80s, mid 70s, BYU has dominated the series. Uh, but over the last 10 years it's been more even. So in 2010, this is Gary Anderson's second year, Utah State beat BYU 31 to 16. in 2011 BYU got the win 27 to 24 close contest. 2012 another close one. BYU wins that one three to six. But that was one of the most frustrating games to watch. Neither team could score. Uh Matt Wells first year, 2013, BYU gets to win 31 to 14. 2014, Utah State gets to win 35 to 20. 2015, it's uh BYU with the win 51 to 28. In 2016, BYU gets to win 28 to 10. 2017, Aggie's win 40 to 24 and 2018 Aggie's win 45 to 20 and then in uh, Gary's 2.0 Gary Anderson 2.0 uh, BYU wins that one 42 to 14. bottom line though the last several meetings here there's a lot of points scored and there's a, quite a few of these games that um, yeah tally a lot of points a lot of yards but there have been quite a few of these that whoever wins wins by double digits. Hmm. Now I don't know if that trend continues this week or not, but I do think Utah State can move the ball on these guys. Um this has got to the, finish, the, the man. real the real key will be that red zone offense. Can Utah State score when it gets tight? Or will they have to try to score from further out? I think Utah State has breakaway guys in Devin Tompkins and Derek Wright and Calvin Tyler Jr. and even Andrew Peasley on scrambles that that BYU will have a tough time containing. Uh Tyler Algier, he's a good running back. He's solid, he's physical, but he's not gonna break away. His longest run of the year is twenty one yards. The their threat is is passing the ball and spreading it around. I mean, they do have three main targets, so it and they're kind of even how they spread it around. So it's not like you can key off of one guy. So that's a good point. That's that's kind of the challenge defensively for Utah State is they have a power run game and they have a couple different guys that they'll spray it around to.
3: Sorry, there is a... Oh, well, no, that's not it. Never mind. Uh, what, as you talk about the quarterbacks and, and, and their ability to throw the ball uh, for BYU and the, their want to throw the ball... Uh, Coach Anderson gave his thoughts on the U.S. defensive back play, or USU's defensive back play so far.
9: Oh, at times we played really, really well. I, I would say consistency is probably the thing we're challenged with the most. Uh, we uh, we had some some blitzes called that didn't get run. Uh, we had some that didn't get run effectively. We, we overlapped coverage in some areas where we should have been uh, a little bit more disciplined and, and gave up some big throws. We we missed some opportunities, I think, in some downs that were high percentage pass tendencies, and and we we didn't play them as you know in that area. So I would say consistency. We we'll ch- we don't mind challenging the ball at times. They run to the ball. They're 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 I think they're physical and competitive, but um, but we're still showing some inconsistency at times, either with technique or with schematically knowing exactly what we need to do. If we can clean some of that up, we will get much much better there.
3: They're going to have to be better, Eric. I mean, they just, they've just they got to be on their ahead their, uh, on their swivel. This is a team that can, that's can got good receivers, good hands, as you mentioned, and good quarterbacks you can get the ball through.
4: So here, their leading receiver, Neil Pau, uh, he averages 58 yards a game. Gunnar Romney averages 56.8. And Puka Nakua, 46.3. So, I mean, like, none of these guys are really blowing you out of the water with how they're a main target – But each each one is a threat. Like Pau has had a 67-yard reception this year. Romney's had a 49-yarder, and Nakua a 55-yarder. So these guys can get loose. They can throw the ball around. But with uh, whether it's uh, Baylor Romney or Jaron Hall under center. I think they can throw the ball pretty effectively, but they can also scramble. Both of them have that ability. I think, certainly Jaron Hall more so. He's more of a Taysom Hill type, where he can scramble and get yards. So that defensive front for Utah State has to be aware of the the running back being able to stretch a, a play out and and uh, get yards. So, you know, having already gone up against Air Force and faced that may actually help Utah State in uh, how they game plan against. Uh, BYU team that has a, 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 a quarterback who can get out and scramble and put pressure on your edges.
3: Uh, Alright, we got to take a break. We're, we're behind on breaks. So we got to get to another one here. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get to actor, athlete, coach, who said it. We, saw, we also have our What Went Wrong Wednesday and then we'll wrap it up here on the Full Court Press and get you ready for Thursday's show. It's all on 106.9 FM, The Fan.
7: I'm Matt Neverett. On this week in the Mountain West, we break down the Week 5 slate, including a pair of conference battles. Head coach of the Wyoming Cowboys, Craig Bold, joins to break down their win over UConn. And Jesse Kurtz of the Air Force broadcast crew and the Mountain West Network joins to talk the upcoming matchup for the Falcons against the Lobos. It's all this week on the Mountain West Radio Network.
1: Thursday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A few nights ago, my wife Amy and I were at a movie in Lewiston. It was late, so when we got out, we drove around a little bit. What did we notice? Every light in Lewiston was on. Nobody was sleeping very well. The next day, I checked my computer at My Mattress to see how many people in Lewiston were sleeping on an IntelliBed. The answer I found not many. Lewiston, I thought we had this figured out. If you want to sleep soundly, you gotta buy an IntelliBed. Only at My Mattress. Bob here, a.k.a. Dad. If you've ever heard... Dad, watch me do this. Or maybe... Dad, come on. Everybody's got a motorcycle. You
0: may need an supplemental accident policy. No, I'm not talking medical insurance. This is an accident plan from the Bullock Agency that pays Bob first. Yep, I get paid when those lovely accidents happen. It helps me pay the medical co-pays and deductibles. Who gets paid? Bob gets paid.
6: Go to thebullockagency.com for details. The Bullock Agency, your partner when benefits matter most. Thursday night, come help ignite the light with Alex Boyer as he performs a free concert at the Cache County Fairgrounds, bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. This evening of fun and food will help raise funds for the Cache County Suicide Prevention. Suicide affects all walks of life, backgrounds, and age demographics. Join Alex Boyer Thursday evening as he performs a free concert to support and give back to our community. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to the Cash Valley Daily Facebook page for concert details and donation information. The outpouring of support for this event and cause is unbelievable. Thank you to all of the businesses for your support. Join Alex Boyer Thursday evening at the Cache County Fairgrounds as he performs a free concert bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to the Cache Valley Daily Facebook page for concert details and donation information. Ignite the light this Thursday.
5: Save your asphalt shingle roof before costly replacement and repair work is needed. RoofMax by Quality Pace Roofing is the answer to roof rejuvenation without replacement. Asphalt shingles dry out over time and become brittle. RoofMax rejuvenates those shingles, extending the life of your asphalt shingles up to 15 years beyond the warranty with a simple maintenance process. Don't replace, rejuvenate. RoofMax by Quality Pace Roofing. Google Quality Pace Roofing or call 757-9642. The
0: Eggie's our number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 106.9thefan.com Eric
3: hey, Franson, I was a on the Full Court Press. Thanks for joining us however, wherever you're doing. So on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM The Fan online on 106.9 The or on our free mobile app. So glad to have you joining us. Two days away from the big one at Merlin Olsen Field, Cougars, Aggies, 13th ranked Cougars come into this thing after crushing Aggies two years ago in 2019. They didn't play last year, and this is a new staff, new team, new faces, a lot of them. Some returning, but a lot more new faces, and with that, this rivalry, I think it's just based on what they're getting the feed from fans. I think that's where the energy is really coming from is the fans.
4: Yeah, look, this BYU team, yeah, they're ranked 13th in one poll, 15th in another, but they're beatable. They allow you to move the ball on them. It's just, do you shoot yourself in the foot? Do you have? Do you create problems for yourself? And Utah State proved that was unfortunately the case against Boise State. So how much can they get that cleaned up yeah. against BYU team? They'll have stuff across the middle. They'll be able to run the ball. They'll be able to get yards. But can they score when it gets tight? I think that's the big thing. Can they find the end zone?
3: Alright, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the show. It is time for actor-athlete-coach. Who said it?
9: Either you're a thief and you steal, or you're a vampire that pulls from the juice and the verb and the synergy of the group, or you add to it.
3: You giggle old. every time. Do you, I, I, well, I've actually tried to imagine it with Cody playing the recorder flute thing, <laughs> and it gets even funnier. <laughs> uh, All right, actor, athlete, coach. Go ahead.
4: Okay. Uh, I think before I give the quote, I have to do the question that leads to the quote. Okay. Fair enough? Yep, yeah, fair enough. What's your prediction for the fight?
3: My prediction? Pain. Got to be a Rocky movie. I don't know which one. There's 10 of them. I'm going to say Rocky one. It was Rocky three. Oh. That was Clubber Lang. Mr. T. My see, prediction? I just see something that, that just seems like something uh, that they would say. Yeah. I mean, just in Rocky. <laughs> All right. I believe in the church of baseball.
4: Uh, that sounds like. Uh, an actor that's from Bull Durham. Yes.
3: My man. I love that.
4: Okay. <laughs> I quit school in the sixth grade because of pneumonia. Not because I had it, but because I couldn't spell it. What? Wait, say that again. I quit school in the sixth grade because of pneumonia. Not because I had it, but because I couldn't spell it.
3: Uh, uh An athlete? He was an athlete. Uh, in baseball.
4: No. <laughs> oh, okay. Rocky Graziano. Went from Rocky movie to the real Rocky.
3: The best advice I ever got was stop thinking and let and let things happen and be the ball. End quote.
4: Uh, and be the ball. Is that from Happy Gilmore?
3: It is not. It is an actor, but it's from Caddyshack. <laughs> Ty Webb, A.K.A. Chevy Chase. Ah,
4: uh, nice. Statistics are like bikinis.
3: They show a lot, but not everything. That's a coach. That's got to be Mike Leach. Or Lane Kiffin. It was a coach. It was Lou Pinella. Oh, dude, of course Lou would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. Uh, if you can beat a team 6-5, to five, you're better off than losing 5-4. to four.
4: Probably a coach. Yep.
3: <laughs> the great old Casey Stengel, former Cincinnati Reds coach. Ah, I believe he was the Cincinnati Reds coach. All right. He had a lot of good sound bites.
4: Here we go. A good friend of mine used to say, this is a very simple game. You throw the ball, you catch the ball, you hit the ball. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains. Think about
3: that for a while. Okay, I'm going to say it's an athlete in baseball. say ted williams
4: it was tim robbins the actor in bull durham no way <laughs> two bull durham quotes today
3: yeah i love bull that's a great show by the way <laughs> uh that actually was it for me on quotes yeah i just finished them all okay
4: i got one more for you go ahead i ain't gonna be no scapegoat.
3: why do i know that one i ain't gonna be no is that remember the titans
4: that is Carl Malone.
3: Oh, no way. <laughs> that is Carl Malone.
4: Yes, my man. I ain't going to be no scapegoat. <laughs> I don't All know right. what an escape goat is. is. <laughs> like you can't uh, keep them contained very well.
3: We're going to take our final break of the show. Wrap it up. Get you ready for Thursday. Full court press.
1: My name is Brinley Johnson and I'm a student at New Horizons Beauty College. I love the environment here, I have some of my best friends here, but I also love the education that I get. All the instructors are not only just here to teach you, but make things fun and I've gotten the best education. You learn so much, I learn from each of them and they all each have a different technique that you can edit and it's been way fun. My name is Brinley Johnson and I recommend becoming a student at New Horizons Beauty College. Do it. (laughs) It's so worth your time.
3: Hi, I'm Kathy with Daryl's Appliance. I'm your luxury brand sales associate in Logan, Utah. This is Dory. She is from Roth in Salt Lake City.
6: So at Roth Living, we have a variety of products that will help you to select your luxury appliances and a full line of Sub-Zero Wolf and Cove. We have select products that will help you start the process of selecting your beautiful kitchen, and then you are welcome to come down to the Roth showroom. And then we work with Kathy to help you finish your selection for your luxury kitchen. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha! Whatever your laughing style is, it's no joke that laughter is the best medicine and a great stress reliever. Comedy Night at the Riverwoods is coming and you don't want to miss it. Friday, October 8th at 8 p.m. Get your tickets today at Eventbrite.com. We dare you to try not to smile or laugh out loud as you enjoy funny stories and comedic entertainment from four professional comics. It's Comedy Night at the Riverwoods, Friday, October 8th at 8 p.m. Reserve your seats now at Eventbrite.com. Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for the Best of Northern Utah in the AC. HVAC category. They were named Silver Medalist for Place to Work and Remodeler Contractor. They thank you for your votes of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company. Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI. Online at advancedheating-ac.com
1: Great Basin Graphics has the experts to create business designs, apparel, and products that will make your employees and customers look fantastic. Great Basin Graphics has been designing and creating the best apparel for over 30 years. Great Basin Graphics is going to make people look. Stop by the new location at 966 West 400 North to see hundreds of great ideas or go to greatbasingraphics.com for screen printing, embroidery, and graphic design options. Graphics.com for details and information. I'm here with Jay Broadbent from Alpine
5: Home Medical. Jay, I hear your ads for CPAP resupply all the time. What do I need to do to just get that
4: taken care of? It's easy. We can set up your CPAP resupply within a few minutes. We'll work out all the insurance for you, and then we'll start mailing the supplies straight to your door. You can even chat with a CPAP
2: specialist online. Just visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. We'll have you sleeping better in no time.
7: Alpine Home Medical, we bring
0: Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey,
3: hey, 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 hey. Eric France and Jose Salas are wrapping up here on another edition of the Full Court Press. I don't know how many people are listening because our text line was pretty quiet, but if you're listening, thanks for doing so. Uh, 7994, turn it off about 30 minutes into the show. Called it a day,
4: five eight seven nine. Must have been listening to our uh, awesome staging music for oh, actor dude, athlete that coach. That will
3: never get old.
4: Calhoun is going to be a bygone once they leave the Mountain West Conference. Dude, I I am gonna really miss uh, him. That's a good double reference there, Eric.
3: Like so that. what went wrong Wednesday? Look, media ask stupid questions all the time. Patriots Buccaneers in an absolute. When I am gonna be a sobbing mess? Uh, a reporter had a question for Coach Bill Belichick, uh, and Coach Bill Belichick was kind of like are you are you really asking me this in fact he literally asked back that just that uh
1: phil is would you consider tom a tough quarterback to defend and if so why
8: kind of defend do you consider him a tough quarterback to defend yeah is that the question yeah. tough what, Tough. He's what tough what as tough as any sense. quarterback there is or ever has been well, I mean, that makes him enough said sense. i mean his numbers are incredible he's about to pass the all-time passing record, he's done more than any other player at that position. Uh, in whatever measurement you want to take, whether it's yards, completions, touchdowns, championships, uh, you know, you name it. So put anything out there you want. Like, uh, it doesn't get any tougher than him.
3: Don't ask stupid questions, people. I don't think that's a bad question,
4: Eric. You're just, getting the coach to say, "Are you kidding me?" You're getting Coach Belichick to hey, say things about Tom Brady. It's the greatest
3: all-time quarterback of all time. tough to defend.
0: What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this.
1: Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand.
4: (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go.